Greetings in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Welcome to one and all. <clears throat> enjoyed uh, enjoyed the things that have been shared here today. Enjoyed participating in the discussions and trust you have as well. <clears throat> I uh, Throughout the week, I was focusing on the message and and uh, I didn't uh, look at the Sunday school lesson until this morning. And I was it was a pleasant uh, oh I don't know what the word is not a surprise but it was a pleasant interest to me when I noticed the topic that the Sunday school lesson had. Not because I have the same topic, but I have a contrasting topic. Um, and in a way it is the same because we did actually get into the faith side of things quite a bit this in the Sunday school lesson. Um, so, um, this morning you can turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 11. Our text is the first 13 verses today. <coughs> Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll read those verses and then uh, begin my comments. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples to pray. As John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? <clears throat> if you are able, let's stand together and pray. <clears throat> Our Father, thank you for this portion of scripture that we have before us today. We believe that you have uh, many things in this uh, short reading that we could learn from and uh, grow in. Today, again, we ask for the Holy Spirit to be our teacher, to open the Word to us, to give us understanding. Father, it is your Word. We come not to change it, not to alter it, but we come to understand it. We come to uh, embrace it. We come, Father, to uh, engage in its promises and in its instruction. 
And Father, today again, just uh, help us. We, we are limited in our understanding. We are limited, Father, in our uh, apart from your spirit, we have nothing. And so today again, bless us as we have gathered here. Bless us as we ponder the, the scriptures. And Father, bless us with continued uh, understanding and wisdom that we might walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you have called us. So Father, again, a blessing on each one present here and even anyone who would have had a desire to be here and is not, are not able, bless them as well. Commit this time to you, Father. May your kingdom come, may your will be done in earth, in this service, even as it is in heaven. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I'll just reflect briefly on the last message that I shared uh, the title was The Good Samaritan Principle, and we focused uh, on the Good Samaritan uh, and his response to the needy man or the injured man that he found along the highway in his travels. We uh, spend a fair bit of time considering the, uh, the Samaritan's response and, and how that should be our response in life. And as we see the needs around us, as we uh, go through life and and uh, encounter encounter various uh, various needs that people have today, our focus is on another needy individual. But the needy individual isn't someone that you might find uh, out there. The needy individual is actually you and I in this text that we read. Um, so we're going to f- consider that, that uh, needy individual this morning and see what the scripture has to uh, uh, instruct us. So in this, uh, in this text that we read, of course, the... Uh, uh, it starts with the disciples making a request of the Lord, asking them to, asking the Lord to teach them how to pray. And He gives them a short little kind of dialogue or word uh, word prayer there, giving them some principles in prayer, I, I would say. And then goes on into a little uh, uh, a lesson that gives uh, just, I guess, addressing the heart posture. In prayer, and so we are going to focus on the lesson here, the uh, illustration that our Lord uses, and uh, consider consider uh, our need. Um, you know, we we uh, talked about the Good Samaritan principle, but maybe we could call this the dependency principle, as we will discover, and I trust we already know, that we are, as individuals, we are very dependent. Um, And if we are not dependent, uh, if we don't consider ourselves dependent, then uh, we probably have a bit of a misconception about ourselves. Uh, Jesus' words, when he said uh, in in John 15 there, I think it is, he said... uh, uh, that without me ye can do nothing. And I think we'll probably quote that verse in full later. Uh, basically stating that we are very dependent. And we are dependent on the Lord. To sum it up uh, real quick. So here we have we have the occasion that is given in this scripture. Um, the, uh, it begins there in verse 5. As Jesus is teaching his disciples about prayer. And about uh, their dependency on the Father. <clears throat> we have the occasion. So, uh, a friend on his journey stops by for the night. Maybe that's not as common today as it was in, in Bible times. Uh, but it still does happen some. 
And again, we're looking at a very natural illustration, and uh, the purpose of the illustration is to teach us spiritual truth, truth about ourselves and, and uh, so forth. So a friend is on, is on his journey, and he stops at your house for the night, making it personal. The friend is hungry. Um, it was before the days of McDonald's and Burger King. And so uh, he arrives at your house with an appetite and hungry. And uh, the problem is you weren't expecting your friend. You weren't expecting this guest. And you didn't uh, spend the last three hours preparing a meal for that guest. And you didn't, uh, uh, for some reason, I guess you didn't even... uh, put a little something uh, in the freezer in case a guest shows up because when he showed up, there was nothing to give him in this uh, account. You know, this unexpected guest, who is it? Who is that unexpected guest in our lives? You know, it simply is life. The unexpected guest is life and it's Circumstances and events and challenges and detours and uh, all the you know all the things that uh, could come up in your day that you didn't have time to plan for or you weren't uh, expecting to come across or uh, you know just put in there what you want. Uh, it's life. Life brings us things, life uh, brings our way things that we didn't expect and things that we didn't plan for, things that we didn't have time to prepare for. And this illustration is, you know, this lesson that Jesus gives us, uh, you know, it's broken down and and we can take it apart and we can look at it and and we have a, a time frame in there and all those things. But real life often isn't that way, is it? You know, real life happens and we don't often... We don't always. We don't always have a lot of time to to process and dialogue and consider the right response to the given situation. Sometimes it requires an immediate response. But nonetheless, uh, uh, and we'll uh, we'll consider more of that as we go. Um, so life. The occasion is life, and your life and my life, and and what uh, what life brings our way. You know, sometimes uh, things might come our uh, come our way that we wish we could uh, wake up and discover it was just a dream you know and and uh, we were just having a dream and and uh, oh what a relief uh, to wake up and uh, and discover that's uh, it was just a dream um and i've had some of those fortunately <laughs> dreams where something kind of bad happens and and then you wake up in a dream like, oh, what a relief. You know, I don't have to deal with that after all. Um, <clears throat> anyhow, um, but it could be lots of things, you know, when we think about uh, the occasion here. We're, we're considering the occasion. Uh, life, you know, it could, be, it could be big things. It could be things like, uh, you know, thinking about things that come your way and you... You have to grapple with them. You have to respond to them. You have to. Uh, uh, you can't just wake up and discover it was a dream. It's real life, and here it is. It's on your doorsteps, and you need to do something about it. <clears throat> you know, it could be an illness. It could be an illness of, of yourself or a loved one, someone you're close to, your family, a friend, a relative. It could be an accident. Something occurs. There's injuries. It could be, again, it could be you. It could be a loved one. You know, just the, the possibilities are endless. It could be a crisis of, of, of situation of something, whether it's in your home or at your work or in your church or your community. You know, it just, again, it, it's uh, life and its circumstances are about as uh, big and wide as life itself, you know. <clears throat> It could be criticism that someone uh, seems to think you're worthy of. Uh, it could be rumors about you. It could be false reports. Things that, hey, 
they happened and you have to do something. You have to respond to it. Could be a difficult relationship that you find yourself in, again, on various levels. Uh, could be a temptation to sin. An opportunity to sin presents itself. Uh, yeah, just various uh, various different things uh, that come our way in life. It could be just a, a task, a responsibility that you know is your responsibility, but it's daunting. It's maybe difficult. Maybe one you'd rather not do. Have a discussion you'd rather not have. Uh, could just be something like that. Could just be the daily tasks of motherhood. We've got numerous mothers here. And it's overwhelming uh, responsibilities at times with many little ones calling for help and crying and pulling at the skirts and all those things. The things, the occasion, the things that come our way. <clears throat> could be uh, as a father, a husband, uh, could be just the, the normal responsibilities of leading a home, leading a family, being the spiritual leader in the family and guiding the family and all those things. Things that come. Sometimes uh, uninvited and sometimes unannounced. And they require a response from us. That's the occasion. And of course, the occasion presents the need. You know, this person here, uh, the friend came. The occasion is here. What do I do? I don't have what I need. He says here uh, in verse 6, a friend of mine in his journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And maybe we feel like that way sometimes, you know. Uh, life situations unfold and something comes down the pipeline of life and, and suddenly there we are facing it and we feel like we have nothing within ourselves to respond to this situation. And that's not a bad thing. In part, at least. Uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, the Lord didn't present all of this to, to make uh, the, and, and highlight on the person making him feel uh, bad for not having what he needed. That's not the point of the lesson. Uh, but those, that's, that's, that's life. <clears throat> you know, we are needy. Uh, like I said, I quoted just a part of uh, John fifteen five. Jesus says, I am the vine... Ye are the branches, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. And so, uh, our dependency on the Lord is present continuous. It's always there. Uh, and we should always feel that. A present continuous dependency on the Lord. Uh, as life circumstances uh, unfold. You know, sometimes we need wisdom. Uh, sometimes it's wisdom that is the most pertinent need. Sometimes a situation might present itself that it's courage that is the most pertinent need. Another time it might be discernment being the most pertinent need at the moment in, in our lives, you know. Uh, you know, uh, Two little children are in a squabble and you're trying to uh, solve the squabble and they both have their story and you need discernment to know, to know who, really, who really did the wrong and who really needs the discipline, right? Uh, discernment. And maybe sometimes we need all of the above. Wisdom, courage, and discernment, you know. You know, sometimes perhaps we, uh, there's situations that need a word of wisdom, that we need to uh, present a, a word of wisdom or a word of reproof or a word of correction, you know. Just the needs are varied and many. You know, sometimes we are presented with situations where we need to offer forgiveness. You know, we've something happened. Someone sinned against us. Someone violated us. And, and uh, it's time to offer forgiveness. And sometimes that's not the easiest thing to do. To actually offer a clear forgiveness to someone who violated us. <clears throat> 
talking about the need, talking about finding ourselves in a spot where in and of ourselves we're not, where we don't have what it takes for the moment. You know, sometimes we just need to die to our own selfishness and lay down our own will. Sometimes that's the need of the hour that is manifested by a circumstance that came up. We are dependent. So, there are those varied needs and those varied occasions and needs that are manifested by those occasions. And then there's responding to the need, and we have that here. This... uh, This individual that Jesus, this example that he uses, the friend, or you, let's put ourselves in these shoes, uh, this individual goes to a friend at midnight. Um, You know, what do we do, do, you know, when we find ourselves in a situation uh, where there is a need and uh, we're feeling a great lack? what we need, what we uh, is needed at the moment. You know, is there a source of help available for us? Is there somewhere we can go to get what we need in that time of need, in that moment of need? How many of us would go to a friend at midnight? Just think about the situation. I would, I would suggest that for myself, I would have to be pretty desperate in a pretty desperate plight to go come to your house at midnight and start rapping on the door and, uh, or anybody's house, you know. I'd have to be a pretty desperate plight. In fact, I, uh, I uh, a couple, uh, probably a month or so ago, I had a situation at the garden center where the uh, one heating system was malfunctioning a bit. And uh, I was up, uh, and it was midnight. I was up for a few hours uh, uh, trying to uh, uh, figure out why it was doing what it was doing. And uh, if I would have been in a, in a uh, totally uh, uh, straight situation, I would have had to need, I would have needed to call a heating technician and rap on his door at midnight and get him out of his bed and have him come over and fix my thing. I would have had to. But it was not quite extreme enough, and I could get by, and I had ways to get by that I didn't have to do that, fortunately, because I thought about it, and I didn't want to do it. <laughs> that was the last thing I wanted to do, is get, uh, get the guy out of bed at midnight. But uh, if I would have been in a, if it would have been, a, I'm going to say, a life-death matter, you know, if it were, would have made the difference of saving a crop and not saving a crop, I'd have done it. But uh, fortunately, I didn't have to. You know, going to someone's house at midnight is not our first choice, is it? It's not what we would like naturally like to do. But uh, it it shows it it um, we we learn from this that that the the uh, the urgency. Um, you know, it's an inconvenient hour. And uh, we see from this lesson, he says here, as we continue reading, he says, I say, verse 7, he says, And he from within shall answer, saying, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, my children are in bed with me, I cannot rise and give thee. And, And Jesus is really teaching us something here. He says, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend. You know, if being a friend, and Jesus is actually portraying it this way. Even if being a friend is not enough of a reason to motivate him to get out of bed and give you what you need, uh, even if that is not enough of motivation, there is something else that is enough of motivation. And that something else is his importunity. And that word means that it gives a, it's a picture of coming unashamed. Now, imagine that. It's midnight. Like I said, you know, I did not want to. It was the last thing I wanted to do was to call that heating contractor and get him out of his bed at midnight. It's kind of the last thing that we want to do at that hour of the day. Is that, but God is presenting it to us in that extreme case that 
that thing of importunity, that thing of coming unashamed. He, he, he poses a thing at the most inconvenient hour, at the time when we would be the most ashamed to go and bother somebody. And he wants us to understand that it is not a bother. If he won't respond because you're a friend, he will respond because you were not ashamed to make your need known. Is really the bottom line, and uh, and so that's the uh, the context that we have here. Uh, there is a Jesus, like Jesus said, that without me you can do nothing. Uh, as we as life comes our way and as uh, circumstances come, and we realize we don't have what we need. It it doesn't matter what hour of the day it is. It doesn't matter. Uh, and we do not need to be ashamed of the fact that we need help in this situation. We don't have what we need. Uh, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. That's an established fact. God knows that. It's just helpful if we know that. Uh, it's really helpful, in fact, if we understand that in our own hearts, that without him, we can do nothing. And that uh, there is no reason to draw back when we when life situations come our way and we feel unprepared, we feel unequipped, we feel like we don't have what it takes. There is no reason to draw back. God doesn't want us to draw back. He wants us to come unashamed, just frankly and honestly and say, we don't have what we need. I don't have what I need for this hour. I don't have what I need for this situation. I don't have what I need to respond to this. I need help. And that's the lesson that he's uh, teaching us here. That uh, even though there, uh, there might be other reasons that we would uh, feel like, oh, my friend should respond. Yeah, God should respond. But the fact is that if we come unashamed, uh, just realizing our total dependency on God, that's what he's looking for. That's what he's looking for. In fact, it's rather a shameful thing to not come when we need him. To not come and make our need known to him. To not come and... uh, um, Because unfortunately, we probably are feeling maybe too self-sufficient if we uh, don't come and make our need known to him. And so because we cast ourselves upon him, we come to him with no other solutions and answers. We come to him with no other hope, no other place to look. And he responds. And that's the lesson God wants to, uh, uh, to teach us here. And let's just think about it now for just a bit. You know, this, this was a natural illustration. It's uh, designed to teach us a truth about us and God. Us and our uh, uh, relationship with God and our uh, dependence on God. Let's think about God and who he is for a bit. It's, it's God who we are coming to. It's God who we are coming to at midnight and knocking on his door. It's God that we are uh, asking uh, to meet our needs. You know, in Psalm 90, verse 2, uh, the... Scripture tells us that before the mountains were brought forth, wherever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. And I take from that uh, everlasting to everlasting, meaning we could go uh, into eternity past uh, as far as there is to go, and that's just goes and goes, and we could go into eternity future as far as it is to go, and it just goes and goes, and uh, and God God encompasses it encompasses it all, you know, all the way into eternity past, all the way into the eternity future. Uh, he he's he's uh, he's already in the future. He already knows its unfoldings and its events. Um, he has all the past in perspective. You know, think about us and our little perspectives. Think how small it is. <laughs> you know, we don't even have, we, we're just one person in a world of millions of people, billions of people. Uh, our perspective is like a little pinhead, if even that, in comparison to God's perspective. Uh, 
and how he sees everything and knows everything and understands everything. Um, you know, everything that's happening, or let me say everything that has happened, everything that's happening right now, and everything that will happen. God understands it all. God uh, deciphers it all. God, God, there's nothing confusing, nothing uh, baffling, nothing... Uh, uh, Nothing uh, halting God in any way. Um, and that's, uh, that's the one that we are to come to at midnight and rap on his door in that hour when we have a need. That God who, who knows it all. It's the one who, uh, who created us. He created us as human beings, a, a gender, male and female. He understands us. He understands us em, uh, mentally and emotionally and, and physically and, and any other way there is to understand us. You know, we put a few words to it. God, God, God just knows us in every possible uh, way there is to know us as, as, a, as a person and as a human being. <clears throat> He's the one who made the world. He's the one who destroyed the first world with a flood and saved Noah and his family in a big old boat. Is that God? He's the one that confused the languages, languages of the people overnight in a moment. He's the one at whose word the nations rise and nations fall. Kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall. Kings, you know, rise and kings fall at his word. You know, here's an interesting one. Eldon, you explain this one to me. It was at his word that the shadow on the dial of Ahaz turned back ten degrees. Ooh. Imagine that. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. You put a refractory cloud in the sky to make the sunshine here for me. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> this is the God that uh, that is our God. <laughs> it's the God that we are coming to at midnight, you know, knocking, asking. I've got a need. Jesus used this teaches about prayer <clears throat> and about uh, depending on God. He loved us so much, you and I and, and the human race, that he sent his only son into the world to give his life a ransom and to redeem us back to himself. So that's who we are, uh, that's who we are coming to with our requests, with our with our needs, with those. Uh... And then we, as we go on down through this scripture, we have this verse here in verse 9, and, he's, and, and Jesus saying, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. You know, um, we have three action words, I guess you would say here. Ask, seek, knock. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know that those necessarily have specifically different meanings other than that our Lord is, is endeavoring very much to communicate to us the, the, the reality of coming to God. And... and uh, Bringing it to him, you know, coming. We were talking about faith this morning, coming in faith, uh, coming, asking, coming, begging, coming, searching, coming, knocking, you know, just uh, be, being persistent, being aggressive. I guess I'll use that word being uh, being. Uh, yeah, coming to God with our with our needs at the moment. You know, some needs. Some needs are kind of momentary. You know, the, 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 something presents itself, it requires a response, and in a moment it's gone. You know, in a few moments it's gone. And if we blew it, we blew it, and if we didn't, we didn't. 
Some needs are lifetime, you know, and, and they vary everything in between. You know, some require us to, to you know, kind of buckle down the hatches and, and set in motion principles of, of, of godliness and, and respect and honor and all those kind of things that need to be engaged in throughout life, even though it may never change the circumstance or the situation that we have. And yet, we know that God's will and how we respond to a circumstance, and, and it's a lifelong journey, a lifelong commitment. Some, some needs are that way. And we might find ourselves coming back over and over again. Lord, I need strength. I need grace. I need help. Help me forgive. I choose to forgive. Lord, you know, all those kind of things. That, that, uh, and we are, uh, we are encouraged to, to, uh, to keep coming back to God, to, to ask, to seek, to knock, to beg. <clears throat> you know, he, he, he assures us an answer. And uh, I think there is... There is a, a realm of, of, of needs that we can always be assured of a, an affirmative answer. And that is, you know, things like uh, spiritual, spiritual issues of strength and grace and power to love and power to forgive and, and gentleness with our fellow man. You know, there, uh, things of our, of our spiritual life that we know are perfectly and completely the will of God. And then there are probably things that uh, we would uh, uh, we would see them as needs, and 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 they are needs, and yet we recognize. Well, let's take Paul for example. He had a need. He came to uh, came to God three times. He said, "I besought God thrice," and God gave him an answer, but it wasn't quite the answer that Paul was looking for. But it was God. Uh, God gave him an answer, and. Uh, and when Paul recognized the picture, God gave him an explanation to the answer. And when Paul recognizes, it, like, yes, yes, I understand it. And uh, this is uh, this is uh, for my well-being. So the the uh, again the the needs, uh, yeah, such so, so, so varying. You know these verses, these verses here about asking. And seeking and knocking, and everyone that asks receives, and everyone that seeks finds, and everyone that knocks it's it's open. You know those verses are. I don't know about you, but they they contain such startling truth that sometimes it's hard to actually grasp it, or actually even. Uh, be willing to grasp it, but they're they're in the Bible. They are truths that are in the Word of God, and uh, and like I said earlier in the in the Sunday school lesson, you know we we face situations. You know we could we could look at this on a personal level. We could look at it on a church level. We could look at it on a family level. We could look at it as a as a couple. We could look at it. Uh, you know this 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 matter of, of making our needs known. You know to God and asking and receiving. You know we could, as a church, we could look at the Tanzania situation. We could we could uh, put ourselves in this spot of being the needy ones and and coming to God and bringing this uh, matter to God and asking God for an answer. Um, is that what God is trying to teach us here? There are other scriptures that would actually indicate uh, similar. Thoughts and uh, you know um, I am uh, for myself. I am willing to allow God to stretch me and my comprehension of these kinds of verses and these kinds of truths. Uh, if He wants to take us to a place of faith and trust in Him and ask for things that. That uh, we're not asking for because we're scared to ask for them or because we're doubtful. I want, I'm, I'm willing to let God take me to a place where my faith, where he shows me my unbelief and helps me to, to uh, grab on a faith that, uh, that I've not had in the past. I, I want to be willing to go there. Don't want to limit God. Um, and even in our personal lives and, and so on. Uh, you, you know, I don't want to just stay with the big things, you know, even down on more 
everyday, day-to-day uh, life and responsibilities. You know, it's uh, one thing I think we can be convinced of, uh, and that is that God is not stingy with his answers, you know, with answering prayer. Uh, and he, he clearly communicates that here. You know, it's, it's not like God is, is uh, just barely wanting to give us an answer. He wants to give us an answer. He wants to get, uh, respond to our cries. He wants to respond to the things that we bring to him. And he wants to respond freely and, uh, and, and bless us as his people. And like, uh, like we said about, uh, about Paul... There, when he asked for the healing or for this situation, this thorn in the flesh, uh, God gave him an answer, and God explained the answer, and Paul understood it and and accepted that. And so, so I simply say that to say that sometimes we we might have we might have an idea in our hearts what the answer ought to look like, but God has something different. And he knows why he has something different. And uh, I guess I'd like to believe that uh, many times God won't leave us in the dark if, if uh, there is, uh, his answer is different than what we might have hoped for. But that he'll, uh, he'll help us understand. I'm going to move on down to the last uh, kind of the concluding thoughts here. We have then in, in, um, in verse uh, 12, uh, in verse 11 and 12, he uses the, the illustration of, of us as fathers. And when we ask for something and that uh, or when our sons would ask us of something of us, you know, we wouldn't give uh, something bad. <laughs> we wouldn't give them a stone when they ask. A fish, we wouldn't give him a, a servant, a serpent. We wouldn't give him a scorpion if they ask an egg. And then he goes on, verse thirteen: If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? And and there we uh, we discover that, and I'm going to say it this way: that Some of the answers, some of the need, uh, and I, I'm, I'm hesitant to just say that uh, the, uh, the only thing you need is the Holy Spirit. I'm hesitant to just say it that way, and I'll explain why. Uh, because on one hand, the only thing you need is the Holy Spirit. On the other hand, well, I'll give a little more explanation. So he says, how much more will you give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And I love that. I love that wording in there and just the way Jesus lays that out because the Holy Spirit is what we need. And in our lives, uh, there is nothing uh, in, if we could put, uh, if we could, uh, you know, line up the options, there's nothing that uh, would be more desirable than to have the Spirit of God living and and breathing and moving and, and active in our hearts and lives. And that is the end objective uh, in, in all of, uh, of uh, our walk with God. And that uh, uh, Jesus just simply kind of gives us a total liberty to ask for it. You know, um, and it doesn't matter to me if, uh, if I've... Uh, had the spirit yesterday or had its, its strength and grace yesterday, I'm going to ask for it again today. You know, it's, we, we, we can ask as many times as we want. Uh, we kind of get that uh, liberty here. Um, so some of, the, some of the answer is simply the Holy Spirit in us, equipping us, enabling us, and strengthening us, and making us like Jesus in our responses to life. That's, that's a good portion of the answer. Is just that, the Holy Spirit in us, working in our lives. 
And why I say that's not the end of the answer totally is other answers may come by putting us in the right place at the right time to learn of the right, you know, thing or this or that to give us what we need for a current problem. You know, God might use other people, in, for example. Uh, we might uh, we might isolate ourselves and say, okay, God, I need this answer, and God might bring someone to us, uh, and it wasn't necessarily the Holy Spirit as such, you know. Yes, it is the Holy Spirit, but it came in the form of a person, perhaps, a word of wisdom from someone else, a uh, uh, some information that was helpful to what you were facing at that moment that came from some other source. So, just giving practical uh, reality, I guess you would say. <clears throat> so, God has many ways to equip us. And the emphasis comes back to uh, asking, to seeking, to knocking, to come unashamed of our need, to come with importunity, as the word the scripture uses. Um, so the disciples wanted Jesus to teach them how to pray, and uh, this is what Jesus told them. Come, you know, here's the example, come with your needs, come, come unashamed, come at any hour, uh, seek, knock, uh, you know, be, be, uh, be diligent about it. And, and something I thought about this morning, I didn't put it in my notes at all, but uh, I got to thinking a little bit about, uh, you know, coming to God and asking, uh, seeking God. And I thought about the, the uh, my mind went to, um, uh, in asking God, my mind went to James a little bit, bringing our needs to God. We have there about the, uh, if, if any man is sick, let him call for the elders and let him pray, anointing him with oil. And uh, and I thought about that, and then I got to thinking about, uh, I'm trying to think, remember all the things I was thinking about. I got to thinking about Paul's situation and how he had a, he had a, a situation that uh, uh, he came to God with, and he asked three times. And uh, I'm kind of going down the vein of how many times do we ask God here in these, these thoughts that I'm on right now. You know, how many times do we ask God for something? You know, in, in, in the James situation, in anointing of oil, um, I think I have often, I have, I have viewed it as a once and done thing. And if God doesn't answer, then, then okay, that's, that's the end of that. You know, it's, it's a settled matter. God decided not to heal. Uh, oh, I know what brought it up. Why I went down this vein of thought, it was the, the Sunday school lesson. The disciples went out anointing, uh, preaching and healing the sick and anointing with oil, those that were sick. It says that in the Sunday school lesson. That's why my thoughts went down this way. And it kind of tied into this anyhow. Uh, and I got to thinking about this thing of, uh, you know, uh, James says it there that uh, we, we, we pray and anoint with oil and typically we... And I thought about the, we only do it one time. And I thought about Paul, who came to the Lord, he specifically mentioned he him three times. He asked God about this thing. And then I thought about the, the situation where Jesus healed the man who was blind. And he, he uh, saw trees, uh, people that looked like trees walking. And then Jesus did the process a second time. And then he saw, clearly. <laughs> And I'm just rambling a few of my thoughts. I got to thinking, you know, maybe we shouldn't always stop at the first time when we anoint with oil. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should consider uh, knocking a few more times. You know, maybe we should consider asking a few more times. I don't know. Just throwing it out for consideration. Uh, I don't know what God would want, but I guess maybe I'll say it this way. Uh, before, I would have never thought to, uh, to uh, anoint with oil more than once, I guess I'd probably in a place where I might consider it uh, after thinking about a few of those things. But anyhow, nonetheless. So I'd try to wrap this up here. Um, the dependency principle. Uh, we are dependent. I think we know that. Uh, we're not to be ashamed about that. Our Lord doesn't want us to be ashamed that we are dependent on him. In fact, it is it's how we'll get his response if we he senses that heart that is just 
dependent on him. I've got nowhere else to go. You are my answer. I'm here. I knock and I knock and I knock. I ask and I ask and I ask. Because of your importunity, because of your unashamedness, God will respond. Uh, Amen. May God bless us as we continue. I hope it can be an encouragement and, and, uh, yeah, give you, uh, give you uh, fresh courage for the, for the journey. If you're able, those that are able, let's kneel together and close with prayer. Father, again, thank you. Thank you for the scriptures. Thank you for all that are present here. Father, I pray that uh, these words could have been beneficial to our hearts, each of us in our journey. Draw us all closer to you. Give us deeper understanding, Father, of uh, of your word and of your will. And Father, again... Uh, thank you for the privilege we have to gather this way. Thank you that uh, this country allows us the freedom to gather. And we do pray for those in governments that they would continue to uh, give, uh, give uh, respect to those that fear God and endeavor to uh, walk uh, in obedience to God. Father, we pray for countries where that is not a possibility and where they're persecuted for that faith. Lord, bless those who are persecuted and strengthen them for the journey they are faced with. We pray for the missionaries in Tanzania today and the many, many difficult uh, obstacles they face and ask your continued blessing on their lives as well. So, Father, again, thank you. Thank you for this lovely day, this day of opportunity. Thank you for each one present. May your spirit dwell in each of our hearts. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.